Hello and welcome to TV DNA Ahsoka, episode five, Shadow Warrior, and episode six, Far, Far Away. My name is Adam Hemming, and my co-host has just been telling me about all the training he's got coming up, which just goes to show one is never too old to learn, Snips. I mean, Neil. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you're welcome to call me Snips. Um, yeah, doing lots of training. Um, at the moment, I wish it was to be a Jedi. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, Neil, these two episodes, I think, have definitely. Um, I mean, I enjoyed episodes three and four, uh, but I think these two were a step up again from yeah. those. So, yeah, I enjoyed these a lot. How did you find it? Yeah, no, I, I I love both. You're absolutely right. It's a complete step up, just on on every level that we love about Star Wars, from you know the the props and narrative to the action to the characterizations, and you know these really were a step up. And I was a tiny bit disappointed with Filoni's um episode episode five because i was expecting more to come from it although there was some amazing stuff um but completely delivered with episode six you know i think all of us have been waiting for thrawn and ezra um and it was very clear from the trailer for episode six that after not seeing thrawn in episode five that we would get to see him and um, the amazing last mickelson there was no clue we were going to see Ezra, and that for me was probably the most heartwarming and amazing um, part of episode six. Yeah, definitely. I know you said previously that you were confident we were going to see Ezra, but mm. I had a, a, some doubts, and then, yeah, as that episode went on, I was like, no, he's definitely going to be in it, and it was great to see. The <laughs> and there was just something lovely, there was something very Obi-Wan Kenobi about meeting Ezra in his older, you know, he obviously he's older than the end of Rebels because there's many years that have passed since then. Um, but the fact that he's kind of out in the desert and he's got these knocky kind of, I, I don't know, almost like gypsies, like 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 they're nomads, they're moving around and yeah, I I, I I'm really happy with the fact that he's there now yeah well let's well let's deal with episode five first because i think there was there was some there was some brilliant stuff in that as well um and then we'll we'll talk about ezra some more later um yeah i really loved i we had this whole setting of cetos and i think those that kind of red filter on the trees did look really really cool mm. in that environment um but we first see hera at the henge with the split map um, she's missed the party. Um, and Jason <laughs> and Chopper come out to have a look, and then Hu Yang shows up and says, "I told them to stay together, but they never listen. They never listen." In his mournful way. Absolutely, and yeah, he was obviously referring to here and Sabine. Sorry, uh, Soka and Sabine, but it's almost like he's talking about the whole Jedi Order. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um. Yeah, well, he's got a lot of aged wisdom, hasn't he, old Yu Yang? Yeah, no, he's been around for ages. And just a quick snip to uh, episode six. 
you know, there, there's talk of the stories he used to tell Ahsoka when um, they were, well, well, when she was a youngling, like he's thousands of years old. And you've got also Balin talks about um, stories when he was training and almost certainly they probably came from Hugh Yang as well. So there's a really lovely kind of link there. I mean, he's so old and wide in a way that I, I've likened him to C-3PO in the past, but he's got the kind of the history and the knowledge and the wisdom that C-3PO doesn't always have. And, um, you know, they're both very capable as droids in, in what they do, but Hugh Yang really is a kind of old head. Yeah. I think storytelling was definitely a big theme of episode six. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Um, let's stick with, with Hera and, and Jason and co. So we get Jason showing off some of his force sensitive powers, let's call them, um, because he senses something about the water and says, listen to the waves. You can hear yeah. lightsabers in the waves. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that, 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 that was great. So we were kind of introduced to the sounds of the lightsabers in the waves as Hera started to hear them. Um, and I loved Hugh Yang telling Carson, Jason's special, he's the son of, uh, of a great Jedi and he, you know, he, he's got special powers and Carson just goes, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's great, isn't he, Carson? I like him a lot. Uh, we learned that Senator Organa uh, gave them cover so that they could go on this unauthorized mission, which is a nice little touch as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the lightsaber sound coming from the waters is obviously echoing through the world beyond worlds. Yep. As uh, Ahsoka and Anakin are dueling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this still goes, I, I still haven't quite got my head around. Force ghosts and the world between worlds, and whether they appear as they're remembered, or whether they appear as when they stop being Jedi's or they died as Jedi's, and um, that's still kind of a, a question that I want Dave Filoni. I know you're listening, Dave, um, to, uh, to 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 give me an answer to, and maybe that answer will come um, in this series. But yeah, so um. In what seems almost like, well, it's not quite purgatory, but it's but it is a world between worlds. Like Ahsoka hasn't died properly, but she's also not alive, so she's in this kind of inner world or or, or between worlds. And um, and Anakin still has stuff to teach her and wants to complete bits for training. Yeah, he says you still have a chance to live, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, they get uh, he breaks the bridge and she falls into this purple mist, and we get a younger version of Ahsoka um, in this moment from her past. These these visions and memories of her past, um, and we're back in the Clone Wars. We are, we are back in the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, Episode Five relied heavily on. Um, knowledge of the Clone War series 
Um, I know, Adam, you haven't had a chance to watch a huge amount of it because you've been focusing on Rebels. But yeah, there's a whole load of stuff uh, about Clone Wars that's there. Um, the actress, I can't remember her name, unfortunately, but the actress who plays the young Ahsoka also plays um, a character in the Marvel films, the young... Oh, now I can't remember. Gamora, the young Gamora in um, in the Marvel films. Um, she's brilliant. She's perfect casting. Um, and anyone who has watched a lot of the Clone Wars um, is absolutely perfect for the young Ahsoka who... Um, not not so much the kind of fun, playful young Ahsoka, but the kind of mature, beyond-her-years Ahsoka. Also, bearing in mind that with these, I, I guess, kind of flashbacks, they're not really flashbacks, um, the, the character's still got the adult Ahsoka head. Um, he's experiencing all of it. Um, I, I was finally gratified with... Um, episode five, because we got a proper insight into Ahsoka as a character, which we've not properly had so far for a title character. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she says things like, our mistakes cost lives. This isn't what I trained for. And what if I want to stop fighting? To which Anakin yeah. says, well, you'll die then. Um yeah, I thought she was great. Um, a little bit fuller in the face, maybe, than uh, Ahsoka <laughs> in the cartoons, but the actress is phenomenal, and I thought it yeah. was a really, I, I really enjoyed all of this stuff. Um, we get to see flashes of Anakin as Vader. Yeah, which, which is reminiscent of the final episode of, of Rebels, when Ezra sees Palpatine as both Senator and as Darth Sidious. Um, so yeah, yeah, there, there, there was a very kind of similar, I guess, storytelling technique there with those, with those kind of flashes. Yeah, it's like he was glitching in and out as as Vader. Yeah. It's pretty cool. A glitch we, in the matrix. Yeah, we also got to see Rex. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know how much um you've seen Rex in your catch up of the Clone Wars and um. And, and Rebels, but Rex is a much-beloved character um, amongst the fandom. Um, it's fantastic um, to hear and see him. It's Tamora Morrison, off the top of my head. I might have got that name wrong. Um, but the actor is voicing him again. We haven't seen his face, um, but, yeah, a, a character really much-beloved, and it's fantastic. We've seen his helmet, as it were, in um in the opening titles um so yeah i was kind of hoping we would see him we've just got zeb now that we're waiting for yeah i um i've just got to the rex storyline you know, the introduction of rex in rebels so i'm a few okay. episodes into that now uh and enjoying him very much yeah um, he's an amazing character yeah um, whilst all this is going on, uh, they're, they're continuing their search and Carson's concerned about fuel reserves running low um, and them all being stranded out there. Uh, and then um, the chopper has some, you know, tells them they need to get as low as they can. Um, yeah, some nice sort of dialogue again between um, 
Hu Yang and here, I think, and she asks what was Anakin like, and he says intense. <laughs> Wasn't he just? But it also, I, I think this episode really goes to show that Anakin slash Darth Vader, certainly in the moment, is at the heart of the whole Star Wars story with, with, with all of the um, the animated series and the TV series. Okay, he doesn't really turn up much in Andor. Um, he makes an amazing appearance at the end of um, Rogue One. But... Um, it does feel like Anakin's journey is still very much at the heart of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah, it was great to see. Great to have this included in, in this because he was clearly such an important figure for Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, eventually, she gets pushed back out into the world between worlds where they, they were before they went into the, the sort of memories. Yeah. And she ends up with a lightsaber to his throat but decides to turn it off and throw it away. Um, she chooses to live and he says there's hope for you yet mm. which felt very much like a recall I couldn't remember a, a particular moment but from those Clone Wars episodes that I've seen I'm sure there's a point where he says there's hope for you yet <laughs> probably yeah I, I couldn't quote an episode but yeah almost certainly that was said um, and then they they visit um, the Siege of Mandalore, which Anakin was never at because by then she'd walked away and they weren't together. And so, again, that kind of throws up questions of um, how real these flashbacks are. Um, and also, almost certainly, it's part of Ahsoka's kind of. Um, kind of memories and mental state and you know it's something that she's almost almost inventing um i'd go as fast to say yeah maybe key moments in, in her life um yeah <laughs> it felt like when she when she was finally kind of released from the world between worlds there was like a, almost like a visual manifestation of the force it was like rain or specks mm. of dust as she was submerged in water um, kind of returning to the normal plane of existence. Yeah. And then we get the X-Wing pilot diving in and, and pulling her out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that that's great. But before we get to that point on a narrative level, I think it is interesting to look back at the... Um, the, the, the two, I guess, past whether they're accurate or not, but the, the kind of past visitations for her with her Anakin, because it is Anakin, as she, like she says, you look just like you were. And she knows that he no longer looks like that. And he says, well, you look older. <laughs> and she's like, well, hey, yeah, that happens. But I guess the important thing is the well, particularly with the second one with Siege of Mandalore, which Anakin wasn't at, and he admits in in that kind of remembrance or that 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 visiting, um, that he wasn't there. But he makes it very clear that his role as a master was to teach her to be a warrior, not to be a peace a peacekeeper, and. I think that's really important as part of Ahsoka's 
character that she was trained to be a warrior. She wasn't trained to be a peacekeeper. She was trained to be a very different kind of Jedi than, say, Obi-Wan or Anakin initially. Um, and, and I think that makes a huge difference to her character and the way she approaches things. I, I've mentioned before that I feel like the older Ahsoka that we've got to know in um, Mandalorian, Book of Fair, etc., that she's quite distant. But I think she's done that for a reason. Um, you know, it's for her to cope because she's not happy being a warrior. That isn't what she signed up to be. Um, and I think that is really clear. But at the same time, Anakin's absolutely right. If you don't fight, you know, this is the role of the Jedi at the moment. If you don't fight, you will die. Yeah, I think all that's really fascinating. And it kind of ties into stuff that Balin says in episode six. I just want to jump across this a little bit. But because he's talking about the cycle and it's quite a sort of knowing thing for Star Wars in that there is this constant cycle of, of the you know, the Jedi Order, if you like, and the Empire, the good and the bad being in, you know, in, in power and it kind of keeps on rotating. Uh, and she is, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. She's kind of brought into the order at a time when they are at war and her kind of resistance to being at war again and her desire to not see Thrawn come back because she knows what mm. that will lead to is kind of what's driving her through this series I think so yeah this this was a really key episode for Ahsoka's character and her journey and where she's you know where she's at um I thought it was all really satisfying yeah absolutely and Okay, we'll 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 come to Balin later, but yeah, you are absolutely right. The the Jedi and the Sith uh, are constantly kind of swapping over as to who's in power or peacekeeping or or, or whatever. And um, we've got some other interesting that are neither Jedi or don't consider themselves Jedi. Um, and also we've now got the Night Sisters and Thrawn who don't officially consider themselves a Sith. Um, so, but it's still a battle of good and evil. I mean, you know, that that's always a kind of lifelong story. You know, you look at karma, you look at yin and yang. You know, the, the battle between good and evil never will finish. And it's really interesting that Balin thinks that he can go back to the beginning and completely stop that battle yeah i mean it's it's the core thing of what star wars is all really about isn't it it's that that dark and light good and evil mm, yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the reasons we love it so much yeah um let's talk about ahsoka waking up though she, she's um hu yang welcomes her back tells her that jason saved her um and then there's uh you know a conversation about, with jason about he's like Will you train me? She's like, no. Will you build me a <laughs> No. <laughs> um, but Ahsoka's able to get a trace of what happened through the remains of the map. And I just thought Rosario Dawson was gorgeous in this moment. I genuinely don't know who else could play this character, yeah, play this yeah. role as she does. I think she's phenomenal. Um, yeah. And she basically finds out that Sabine is still alive. Um, and that they need to find a way to get to wherever it is that they've gone. And also, I mean, she mentions it more directly in episode six, but 
she realizes that Sabine willingly went with Balin and Morgan and Shin. Yeah. Yeah. So they come up with this plan to hitch a ride on the Pergil Express, as predicted. <laughs> yep. Yep, I did. I, I thought she'd be riding the back of them, but in their mouth is is fine. They Pinocchio. Yeah, or Jonah and the Whale, right? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just thought this stuff was stunning. The Pergil, yeah. beautiful. Uh, I thought it was so well shot and done. Um, there's some lovely stuff, like Hero doesn't like the plan, and they're kind of a scene with Mon Mothma. Yeah. Uh, you know, she might hear him might get suspended, but and then Carson's kind of delaying the new Repu- republic and stalling them. Um, he gets threatened with his rank being stripped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually Ahsoka does a bit more wing walking and <laughs> uh, communicates, communes with the the <laughs> star whales, um, space whales, whatever they're called. Um yeah, persuades persuades it to open its mouth and let them in. Yeah, yeah, I I, I thought that was awesome, and that was definitely uh, one of the great parts of this episode, um, episode five. Yeah, I I thought that was absolutely fantastic, and the way that collectively they all worked to keep the I guess the the new alliance or you know the new republic, um, to stop interfering with the plan um Carson keeps saying um well I'll, I'll wait until I've heard back from Ahsoka or Hera as to whether they've achieved their mission um but when the Purgle are flying past them and they realize oh my god we've got to get out of the way or not be in their way um you know that that was a lovely twist yeah there's some nice um you know, there's a little exchange between Ahsoka and Hu Yang. Uh, Hu Yang says, you know, it, it could go anywhere. And she says, <laughs> I know, better than going nowhere. I just love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the fact that Jason's too young to travel between galaxies. <laughs> Not too young to take on a potentially dangerous mission. But, <laughs> you know, too young to travel between galaxies. And I wrote down in my notes, a galaxy even further away. And then the title of episode six is Far, Far Away. Well, Jason does actually use the words Far, Far Away in episode five. Um, And then obviously episode six, um, A Galaxy Far, Far Away. Um, And with episode six, that, that whole thing of long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, also taps into the fact that whatever galaxy Thrawn is in, um, and Ezra, could be in the past. There's been lots of speculation about the Pergils being able to jump time. So it could be a long, long time ago. And the galaxy is far, far away. And I absolutely love that. Um, You know, the fact that it fitted so much to the galaxy that Padilla's in. Um, and Thrawn and Ezra, yeah, I, I just thought that that was inspirational. I, I thought uh, an amazing addition. Yeah, I mean, they, what they what the new Star Wars TV shows have done brilliantly is give those little nods to the the classic. Yeah. Um, and we get 
uh, Ahsoka and Hu Yang chatting in the inside the whale. He says, intergalactic travel within a star whale. Now I have that. Um, but they're talking about all of those stories you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. And then they talk about Sabine, you know, she was fated to make that choice. and There was no time to prepare her. And he says, the force provides you with insight, but does not give all the answers and kind of questions the way that she's thinking. And then she's like, all right, shut up. Tell me a story. <laughs> and he starts with a long time ago. Um, yeah, I loved all of that. I thought that was a really, really lovely start to episode six. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we finish on episode five, who do you think the shadow warrior of the title would be? Uh, Anakin was my first thought about yeah. that. Um, yeah. I think he has to be the shadow warrior, right? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, it, it's 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 clearly a ghost warrior. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think that's referencing Anakin. And I loved how much we saw Anakin in episode five. Definitely. So we then travel to Peridia, ancient home of the Dathomiri. Um, <laughs> this is in our galaxy far, far away. Uh, Sabine's in cuffs. Um, yeah. And Balin says it's an opportunity for reflection. And she's talking about the deal. The deal that they had basically was for her to find Ezra. He's promised her Ezra. Mm. He says her focus to finding her him blinds her. Um, and then this, I mean, this all plays out later on with Thrawn as well. We had lots more interesting stuff there. Thrawn's quite happy to sacrifice Balin and Shin. Yeah. Yeah, but, because they're mercenaries, and and they were ex Jedi. Well, at least um, Balin was ex Jedi, um, and yeah, absolutely that. I mean, and also Balin is saying, "Yeah, I'll make sure she sees Ezra. I'll I'll stick to that. That's part of his honor." But it doesn't mean she's leaving. It does it doesn't mean that you know once she's seen him, that's it. That's all he promised is that she would see him. There's a nice bit of their approach to Peridia, and they talk about the fact that the the whales come here to die. It's the end of the migration route for the Pergils. And it is yeah. kind of like that elephant graveyard sort of thing. They they sort of fly through these bodies of deceased Pergils. That was really, really lovely. And they're not Pergils, Adam. They're Pergil. The plural for Pergil is Pergil. It's like sheep. Got it. <laughs> what did you think of the gold ship sorry say that again what did you think of the gold ship the gold spaceship doesn't matter we can we can cut this <laughs> uh, do you mean uh, do you mean the one that they fly from the ring to Padilla yeah um I didn't have any particular thoughts about it just quite, ostentatious. just quite ostentatious. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe it links to Thrawn's, you know, chief commander who's got like a gold helmet and gold armor. Yeah. Um, as they're coming down, there's these statues, heads of statues and statues coming on. One of them I felt looked a bit like the father. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, 
and that's when they meet the Night Sisters. And what we find out is that this is kind of the home of the witches of Dagomir. Oh, yeah, Dagomir. 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 Yeah. Um, and so that's also quite interesting. And um, we also find out that it was the witches of Dagomir, also known as the Night Sisters, um, who first rode on the Pergil and there, 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 there's a whole theory that the, the Pergil the ancient cultures utilised the ability of the Pergil to hyperspace to create the technology of hyperspace and it seems like the Night Sisters or the Witch of Dathomir um, were, were very much part of that but also, this time, our trip through hyperspace looks very different to what we've seen in a lot of the main films, um, where it's been lots of kind of white lines um, as they've been moving fast. But this time, it was multicoloured. Um, it was a very different portrayal of hyperspace. And I don't know whether that's just because the purple hyperspace is different you know, maybe as suggested, it goes through time as well as space, um, or it's faster or whatever. But yeah, the portrayal of moving through hyperspace with the Purgle was very different this time. Yeah, just uh, touching on those uh, witches, they're called the Great Grandmothers, yeah. um, mm. um, which is confusing because they were cupping their balls. <laughs> But they called to Morgan in a dream. We kind of get there, kind of, this is how Morgan knew that that's what she needed to do. She did fill, fill in a little plot hole for us. That They called to her in a dream and she came as Thrawn promised. Um, but these floating balls that they have end up being energy bindings. So they're able to uh, take Sabine off to solitude. Yeah, they kind of imprisoned Sabine. Um, I thought that was a really interesting and nice way to um, to achieve that because obviously there's many ways from handcuffs to guards to all of that. But you know the 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 witch's balls um, with kind of this kind of red almost cord that surrounded her. I thought that was cool. Um, and I also loved, again, another kind of, um, uh, what would you call it? Easter egg? No? Close. Another reference to um, the original Star Wars films is obviously Princess Leia in jail. Um, and again, a huge ball that comes in to torture her. Um, but yeah, Princess Leia in jail and then Sabine in jail also references to Morgan in jail at the beginning of the series. Um, yeah, there, 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 there were many kind of, I guess you can call them Easter eggs to the original trilogy. We then get this scene with Shin and, and Balin and we get a view for the first time of these wolf-like creatures that we later find out are howlers. Um, but yeah, Shin and Balin talking about this as a land of dreams and madness children's stories come to life um and i think balen says sometimes stories are just stories again lovely 
references to sort of storytelling and this is where he talks about the sort of rise and fall it's all inevitable he watched everything he knew burn and it all just repeats again and again and again and it's our turn now or she says it's our turn now he says he seeks the beginning so he may bring the cycle to an end i wonder whether you had any thoughts about what actually what balan's planning here it still feels like he's got some big plan up his sleeve that we don't really know yet yeah definitely um he also mentions if you look at history you realize that everything is inevitable um and so he clearly is very philosophical and i i mean my guess is his plan is if he can destroy both the Jedi and the Sith, then everything can start afresh. Um, and may, uh, to, to, to slight tangent, but if you look at the mass extinctions um, on our own planet, potentially we're in one now, the, if you start everything over again, if you destroy everything that's there, whether it be the dinosaurs or the human race, that if you can destroy everything that is creating a problem for for the the world, the universe, um, then it will start again, and hopefully it will be better. But if you follow Balin's line about everything is inevitable, then surely even if they get rid of you know the Jedi and the Sith, something else is going to come along. And maybe it'll be whatever Balin and Shin identify as. Yeah, it's interesting. He, because uh, I think Shin makes the point that they all they're all pretty keen to leave this place, um, and he sort of says, "Well, maybe they're running from a greater power." So he's sort of suggesting yeah. that something even more powerful than the witches on Peridia that um, that he might potentially harness. Anyway, I'm I'm fascinated to find out how that all plays out. Yeah, and um, we also know that the actor, um, sorry if I'm quoting this wrong, I think it's Ray Stevenson um, who plays Balin. Um, we know that sadly he passed away, so it's very unlikely his character will be around in Ahsoka 2. Yeah. We do then get the Imperial Star Destroyer, this kind of ghost ship, really. it's kind of It looks like it's been cannibalised in parts, and we meet uh, Thrawn, uh, and Enoch leading his battered troopers in this chant of Thrawn, um, and I love the tr- I love the stormtroopers. You know, clearly they've been they've been there a while. They've got these red bands on them, which is very similar to the color of the witches' robes. Um, yeah, I just I I just really liked the aesthetic of Thrawn appearing with Enoch with his golden mask. Yep, the stormtroopers all kind of looking sort of. Well, they referred to as night troopers, right? Nice. Um, and then we get Sabine meeting Thorn. Yeah, which which is is really interesting because she's volunteered to come out here and to, well, I was going to say indirectly, even directly help Balin and Morgan get to Thorn. Um, and all she wants to know is where is Ezra? Yeah, 
Yeah, and he's going to give a provisions amount and the latest intel on Bridger's whereabouts. So, you know, you helped my cause, now I'll help yours. Um, but he, when he first arrives, he says, what was first just a dream has become mm. a frightening reality for those who may oppose us. And we also learn it's going to take them three rotations to load the cargo. So the, basically they've got essentially three days is, the, is yeah. the time frame that Sabine has to find Ezra and then get back um, before they will be stranded there. Um, and Sabine's given Tota, who is the howler that is snarling away um, when she's given a form of transport. Isn't Tota the word to make the howler sit? Oh, it may be. I hadn't picked up on that. Could well be. Yeah, I don't think it's got a name. But um, yeah, I, I really quite liked these. It's like it's almost like a cross between a wolf and a horse, right? Um, it's got a long, a longer snout, but it's a wolf-like creature called a howler. Um, yeah, reminiscent of the lone wolves. Yeah, um, but she's warned about the nomads that are, that are out there given her weapons back and she's told to die well by Enoch. <laughs> he seems to be like a quite a cheery chap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then Thrawn says she's on a fool's errand. You may follow her at your own pace. Um, you know, she can find him, then you can destroy them both. But he also then tells Morgan that actually not that fussed if they... Um, if they don't come back. He's only sending two attack squads. doesn't matter whether Ezra and Sabine are killed or stranded. And the same goes for the mercenaries. Yeah, yeah. It's a reminder of what a great strategist Thrawn is um, and why a lot of the fandom have fallen in love with him as a character is that he's ruthless, but he also can completely predict the next move of his enemies and what he's prepared to risk or get rid of. Um, yeah. Great. I had, a, I had a slight issue visually with Thrawn. I think the actor's doing a brilliant job. I love the dialogue and I love the characterization. But the sort of, he's almost got a little bit of a belly and the, <laughs> the blue skin and the red eyes and the hair, I think, as well, just makes him a little bit comedic visually to me. <laughs> there have been complaints on the fandom um on social media about the look of Thrawn. Um on a similar level to what you just criticized. Um but I must say Lars Mickelson is doing a fantastic job and he is gonna be older, you know. We're we're talking decades. Last time we saw him was before A New Hope. Um, and now we're looking at, you know, kind of decades later. So they're all going to look older. As Anakin said to Ahsoka, you look older. It's what happens. I think he's had his more than his fair share of rations, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, Sabine has got her doohickey out, uh, searching for Ezra. And then she meets these bandits uh, and a howler runs off. And again, another, we praised the show before, but another brilliant fight sequence. I just loving all of the combat sequence. Combat choreography in this show, I think, has been really, really, really strong. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and also, very typical of Star Wars, these noty. 
So these little creatures, they're like part alien, almost look a little bit like Greedo, um, but they've got shells on their backs like tortoises. Um, <laughs> yet another toy um, for them to sell, <laughs> merchandise to sell. Um, but yeah, absolutely great. I found it really interesting that both the bandits and the little noty creatures spoke the same language. Yeah, I picked up on that. This is the, the virtue of, of watching it with the subtitles on, right? Is that yeah. You see the bandits speaking in, in noty, or not I? <laughs> maybe, maybe not I. I don't know. But yeah, I love these. I thought they were really, really cool little creatures. They're kind of uh, you know these these shells on the back that essentially look like rocks, so yeah. similar to frozen almost. But they they have that mixture of sort of turtle with a kind of grasshopper head, and then these these sort of uh, arms as well. I uh, yeah, I thought they were really cool little creatures, um, and a perfect um, way of presenting, I guess, hermit characters. Um, which is very much what Ezra is and very much what Obi-Wan has been. Um, so, you know, these creatures that kind of hide in the sand and have found ways to disguise themselves and to keep hidden. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought they were absolutely perfect as a community. So initially we just meet one of them and then all of a sudden there's like six or seven of them. And... Um, Sabine is led to their mini commune, I guess. And that's where she finally meets Ezra. There's some really lovely comedic stuff with the howler, right? Because the howler runs off <laughs> when she's attacked by the bandits. Yeah. It's following her and she's telling it off. Um, and then, you know, it, she tells it to go and it goes off screen in the opposite direction. <laughs> and then <laughs> the job stays on that, 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 as landscape as it then follows her back again. For all of that was really, really lovely. Yeah. Uh, building the relationship with her, with her howler. Um, there's a, another conversation between Balin and Shin, uh, where Balin talks about Bridger being uh, a Bokken Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trained yeah. after the temple fell. Yeah. So a Bokken Jedi is basically a Jedi that hasn't had the traditional training. They've been trained out in the wild. So Ezra was trained by Kanan, um, who wasn't an official Jedi. He'd walked away from the Jedi Order at that point. You could also say that Sabine is a Bokken Jedi with her training from, um, from Ahsoka. You could also say that Shin, with her Jedi powers, is also a Bokken Jedi because her master, um, Balan, had also walked away from the Jedi Order. So they're basically those with Jedi powers and abilities that have been trained outside of the official order. Yeah. And, and Bokken, I'm... I'm pretty sure Bokken is a type of wood that they use to train with. Interesting. I think it's, um, I mean, Balin says that to Shin that, you know, he's trained her to be something more than that. Um, yeah. And this is where they get the, um, get the conversation about there being a, a greater power um, yeah. out there that the, the witches are fleeing from. 
Um, but there's something that calls to him. Something stirs in vain. <laughs> um, uh, and that's kind of where we leave where we leave them. And then we meet. I knew I could Ezra. count on Ezra Bridger. <laughs> Ezra Bridger. At last. There was no hint of this in the trailer. Um I mean, I've been expecting Thrawn to turn up before now. I, I thought he'd turn up in episode five. Um, but it was very clear with the trailer for episode six that he would be. But there was no hint of Ezra. And I'm absolutely so happy. Now, Ezra also looks older than he does in Rebels. But again, so does Ahsoka, so does Thrawn. You know, it makes absolutely sense that would be the case. Um, but no, it was absolutely fantastic. And it felt a little bit like Ezra had a feeling that Sabine, or at least the Rebels crew, the kind of ghost crew, would find him. Um, at the moment, he's got a real positive energy and vibe about him. Um, he seems very confident that things will go the right way. Um, he's found this kind of group of Noti or not I or um I, I I still don't quite know what that refers to because the 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 hunters are referred to um as speaking Noti. So um no, I, I I was really, really happy. Um we didn't see a lot of him, but I thought the actor was absolutely great. Um, and I cannot wait um, to kind of see more over the last two episodes of this series. Yeah, I mean, Ezra's got questions that Sabine doesn't really want to answer. And, you know, the fact that he sacrificed himself to bring Thrawn here and she's now opened the door for him to be able to go back is uh, probably going to be an awkward conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ezra says he can't wait to go home. Mm. And my big question is... <laughs> Obviously, Ahsoka's on the way. Thrawn knows Ahsoka's coming, thanks to the Great yeah. Brother. Um, do we think... Who do we know out of these characters that are there, Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra and Thrawn? Do we know that any of these are in the sort of future timelines of the Star Wars canon? Do we expect... Is um, is, is this going to be potentially the end of their stories? Um, I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be because I think the characters are so well loved. Um, The Disney slash Catherine Kennedy, Dave Filoni, uh, Lucasfilm. Um, I I think there will be uh, an Ahsoka 2 or an Ezra spin-off. I don't think that they're going to die. There There is no reference to them. In the sequels, i.e. episodes 7, 8, and 9 um, of the Skywalker trilogy. But we've now got universes and narratives that aren't purely Skywalker. Yeah, okay, we've got Anakin a lot with the Ahsoka um, series. And we've had Boba Fett and other main trilogy characters in in live action series and, and the animated series. I don't think that'll be the case. Um, there's been a prediction that I've read that 
this might be a bit of an Empire Strikes Back and that the end of Series 1 of Ahsoka will end up with Thrawn returning and gaining power. And therefore, Series 2 of Ahsoka will be about, well, I guess that war. Um, Thrawn is such an attractive and exciting character. Um, But then so is Ahsoka, so is Ezra, so is Sabine. I'd be very, very surprised if um if there's just one one series of Ahsoka. Cool. Grand. Well, I mean, so much to look forward to in these um next two episodes. I mean, we've got yeah. uh, Braun leaves us with the cliffhanger of needing the witch's dark magic. So we've got Balin and Shin out there. We've got Thrawn and his and Enoch and all of his stormtroopers. We've got the witches with their dark magic. There's lots of um Lots of perils, but we've got Ahsoka and Huyang on the way, and Sabine and now Ezra there as well. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. Absolutely, and I, I don't expect a, a, a finale that finishes off this storyline. I'm I'm absolutely certain that there will be at least a season two, if not more. Grand. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there then. Um, if you want to let us know what you think of Ahsoka, um, then you can contact us on the social media at TVDNAPod or email TVDNAPod at gmail.com. And we've got specials. We've just finished our specials on Top Boy, but we've got one more woman in the wall to go before we embark on a sex education and a specials, which is very exciting. Plus our watch list episodes covering the best of the rest of TV. Uh, thanks very much, Neil. Thoroughly enjoyed this as always. <laughs> cool. May the force be with you, Alan. And with you.